What's up, guys? Ryan Horn here, and welcome to the Extraordinary Man Podcast. This is the one and only podcast specifically designed to help married businessmen create more profit and purpose in their business without sacrificing their family, health, or marriage in the process. Each week, I interview some of the world's most extraordinary men, including seven- and eight-figure entrepreneurs, elite athletes, best-selling authors, and world-class speakers. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Sean Harper. Sean is a former NFL offensive lineman who played a total of seven seasons with the Rams, the Oilers, the Colts, and NFL Europe. Since 2004, he has owned and operates American Services and Protection, a multi-million dollar security services firm headquartered in Columbus, Ohio. His journey from the grit and sweat of the NFL locker room to the corporate culture of the boardroom proved that he could win in both worlds by using many of the same principles and strategies. Sean, welcome to the show. It is so great to have you on. How are you doing today? Welcome. You know what? Um, I'm doing wonderful. This is an absolute blessing. I said the word welcome because, man, this is, you know, uh, honestly, you know, to 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 be able to share my entire story uh, is rare. And what I'm talking about is not only, you know, the sports life, the professional life, but, you know, if I cross over into faith, you know, I won't get censored and shot down with a you know, like missile. So this is great. Let's win. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to hear. You know, I've I've heard bits and pieces of your story. I know you have an amazing one and you're a, a very accomplished and incredible speaker. So, you know, I, I'm just going to let you take it away. Like, tell us your story. Well, uh, from the top, you know, I played, you know, as you mentioned, seven years professional football uh, with the Rams, you know, the Colts, a little bit with Houston, uh, not much. Uh, and and uh, over in NFL Europe, had an amazing time, blocked for some great running backs and quarterbacks. And I just saw so much in that life. And uh, I owe a lot to football. I owe a lot to it. To, to the National Football League. They have been a huge blessing. But the misconception is, is that, you know, when you have a professional football athlete make it to that level, you know, obviously, you know, he was, you know, from the womb, an amazing athlete, right? Uh, uh, an actual amazing person. And nothing could be further than the truth. Um, I had the most unlikely story uh, to make it to the professional ranks, starting off with, uh, you know, an, an actual single parent setting, documented with four to five learning disabilities, uh, repeating the first grade, uh, uh, being kicked out of uh, two schools for disciplinary issues, stuttered my entire life, graduating with a 1.62 accumulative GPA, nine on my ACT. And you're saying to yourself, well, what does that have to do with professional sports? Well, to make it to the NFL, 95 to 99% of all athletes go through college. And college was a huge obstacle. Talent-wise, I wasn't even honorable mention all conference. Uh, I, I was the guy that was set, sit in the back of the room, you know, eating that nasty cordon bleu and at the actual award ceremonies and everyone's getting all state, all war, um, all city and all Franklin County or whatever county and all universe. And, and then I'm just eating that nasty chicken cheese thing they call and uh, just looking. And the amazing thing about that is that Underneath all of that, there was a dream. And the power of the dream is that the seed of the dream is that you can often count the number of seeds in an orange, but you can never count the number of oranges in the seed. And that dream of one day playing professional sports, one day being an 
asset to society. It just lingered. And I did not know where that was coming from. So I, I get a phone call from a junior college in Iowa, Mason City, Iowa. Here I am in the cornfields of Mason City, Iowa, like 26,000 blonde hair, blue eyes. Everyone's last name is Schneider. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm from the hood, south side of Columbus. And the next day I'm in the cornfields of Mason City, Iowa. And uh, the first year at that junior college, I don't even step on the field. And I feel like a complete failure. And I want to give up. In fact, I did give up for a split second. And I wanted to come home and my mom encouraged me to stay. And then one day I had this interesting conversation. And the conversation is, is that, you know what, Sean, you're right. You'll never be successful, but you can win. And the moment I said that, I don't know if you ever watched those old sci-fi movies where, you know, this guy, he's a traveler or he's like the long warrior and he walks into this like alien warehouse and he turns on one little switch and the entire like a hundred thousand square foot building just clicks to life. Right. And he hit that switch and everything in my life began to change. My mind began to change because I saw things now from a winning competitive uh, mindset. And I was used to sports. And so I married the two. And so I begin to look at life as a game and how am I going to win the game of life? And once you, and once I changed the way I rebranded the way I saw life, I begin to see strategies where there were none. I begin to see techniques where people saw obstacles. I begin to see, you know, opportunities where people saw roadblocks. It was crazy, but I was able to navigate and move from being on the bench one year at junior college to the being in the junior college hall of fame to getting all, all region and all those awards, full scholarship to Indiana university draft day in the NFL, third pick in the fourth round. Uh, and now transferring out over to business, been in business for over 20 years, been married for almost 22 years. It's just the list goes on and on because I tapped into the essence of what I am. I am a winner and everyone that's listening to me right now, you are in fact winners too, and I can prove it. You are one to two to three million sperm cells that fertilize the egg. I hope I didn't offend you. Kids, close your ears. Think about this for a second, okay? You're the one to two to three million sperm cells. Once that situation happened, those sperm cells were literally fighting for their life, not figuratively, literally fighting for their life to get to that egg. One was going to make it. And you were the one out of millions. You were born a winner, which is why when you were little, you played win-lose games. When, when you were a teenager, you loved video games. Think about the concept of video games is that you can never win, but you keep trying to win. And then as people get older, they get into gambling. Multi-billion dollar industry is based off of win-lose. And sports, my God. That's what it's all about. That's why your favorite team, if it lost every single game for the next 10 to 15 years, you would not wear that jersey. Well, if you live in Cleveland, Ohio, and you're a Cleveland fan, you might wear the jersey. But outside of that, you're not going to wear that jersey. But let your favorite team start winning a few games. Let them go to the championship or the playoffs. You're going to go in the backyard. No one's watching. You're going to get a shovel. You're going to dig up that jersey. You're going to wash it off. And you're going to put it on and be proud that it's not only a jersey, but it's vintage. Why? Because as much as you love something, you can only identify with what you are, and that is winning. And so if life is a game, play the game to win. And as I conclude, there's always a way to win.
that's my whole mantra. That's my story. That's my game is play the game of life to win, but play the game that you were created to play, not success, but to win. Could you dive in maybe a little bit more detail of like how you went from not even being an honorable mention, all confident, you go to this junior college, you don't even play your entire first year there. And then all of a sudden you're scholarship to Indiana university and you're in the NFL. Yeah. So the last sentence I just mentioned was winning and I made a comparison to success. And that right there is what kind of what changed my life because although we're born to win, we are engineered after a while or coerced into this game called success around the third or fourth grade. About the time you realize that Santa Claus isn't real, they introduce another concept to you. And that concept is called success. They say, Hey, you know, if you want to be successful, well, then you're going to have this type of job. You're going to have this certain occupation. You're going to live in this, no, and you get, it never stops. You're going to live in this housing division. You're going to, you know, drive these, you know, these automobiles and and just have these, you know, this certain level of friendships and uh, or, or you're going to be popular. You'd have at least two or three million likes. And God forbid, if you don't get more than 200 likes, take it down. You know, it's it just pulls you on this sliding scale of success. But the win, the win is the fullest expression of who you are physically mentally, socially, economically, obviously, and legacy. That's the win. What are you here to do? What are you created to do? That is where the win comes from. And that's where true satisfaction comes from. So many people are burnt out, depressed, disgruntled. Why? Because they're not reproducing. See, success teaches you to produce. The win teaches you not only to produce, it teaches you to reproduce. That is uh, congruent with nature. You see an apple, beautiful apple, apple falls to the ground. The apple kind of, you know, withers away, it dies. The seed is there. There's that seed again. Then it starts the process again. We are coerced and, 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 and manipulated into production. So how much can you earn? What's your status? And that's, that's, that's a part of winning, but that's not all of winning. So when you don't give back, when you don't put your seed, whether it's a doctor or whether you want to give as that doctor or whatever you do, if you're not giving back, if you're not putting back what God has put in you, if you're not putting it out there, it's being dammed up or being blocked. That leads to oppression and depression because there's not a fullest expression of who you are. So winners not only produce, they reproduce. And by the way, since I mentioned God, so many people will miss it in life. Listen to this. So many people will miss it in life because God didn't call you to be successful. God called you to win. And that is, man, that is so prevalent throughout the Bible. One case comes to mind is look at John the Baptist. I mean, according to, you know, the success model, I don't know if John the Baptist would be that successful. You know, he, he was in the desert. You know, he had horrible clothes. He ate locusts. You know, no one liked him. You know, he wasn't popular. He's in prison and he gets his head cut off. Right. Wow. Was that a successful life? But God said, Jesus said, hey, he was the greatest of all prophets. Whoa. You see that so many times, even in Hebrews, where people died without fulfilling the purpose. You can't get that confused because God didn't call your image success. God called your identity the win. Don't get caught up in that. 
That's good stuff. Such good stuff. So now that, now that you brought that up, you know, I would love to hear, uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your faith journey and the role that that has played in your success. You know what? Wow. It, 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 it's, uh, it's actually, it's actually the baseline of my successes, my wins in life, you know, uh, up until probably 1993, I had a, a unique relationship with God. And I'll start off by saying, you know, I grew up in my mom, uh, you know, I had a really interesting drug problem. You see, growing up because my mom would drug me to church Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, all day, Sunday. But it was a head knowledge. You know, you know it, it was, you know, Christ was compartmentalized. You know, he was in the head, you know, and. And then you know, I went to other churches and it was in the hand. What, you know, what can I get? Or, but, it, but it, it, it was never that hardcore relationship. You know, it's like a wheel. And in the middle of the wheel, there's like a spoke or the, a, where that thing is in the middle that ties all the little spokes together. That's what my relationship with God has moved to. I remember it was 1993. I'm aging myself, right? 1993 in practice one day, I feel a pop in my right foot. And, you know, being in Ohio, you know, I I'm, I'm, went to Indiana. It's a Big Ten university. You know, we're taught never to be hurt. You know, you're never hurt. You know, it's like war. There's war in the Big Ten, right? But I couldn't walk. And they took me to get an x-ray. And Clarence Shields, one of the best surgeons in the country, said, son, that's the fifth metatarsal Jones bone fracture. And he looked me square in the eye. He said, your season and possibly the way this is cut, your, your career's over. And at that moment, you know, it just felt like a hundred pound weight just fell on me. And I went back to the dorm where we were practicing and I was broken. You know, I wasn't humbled. Worse, I was broken before God. And I know I'm not going to play football again. And I've lost everything. You know, my image was the NFL football player. My image was having all the money in the bank. My image was all that was gone in one play. Like I would call people and they found out that I was hurt and wouldn't return my phone calls or coaches who I thought were father figures stopped talking to me. And I was just broken. I was broken. And I reached out to God and I was like, Lord, I need you. I need you right now. Cause if you don't intervene, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I love Sean Harper, the NFL football player, but I don't know if I love Sean Harper. And that's when he spoke to me. And it's like, I felt the presence of God. And it's like, you're going to play again. I'm like, what? You're going to play again. Um, and he blessed me in that moment to the point to where I have the NFL. The NFL doesn't have me. I have my title. The title doesn't have me. I have identity is so important. I, identity is everything. Identity is where your power is. Identity is where your power is. And um I'll say it again. Identity is where your power is. You know, Jesus was a king, priest, and a prophet. But you know what? He always talked, or he always referenced himself as the son of God, as the son of man. He never referenced the point that, hey, yeah, you know, hey, I'm Jesus the prophet. Here's my business card, right? He never did that. It was always built upon the fact that he was a son. In fact, if you really look at the test when he was uh, in the desert and, and he was being tried or attempted, whatever you want to call it, you know, everything really directly or indirectly centered on the fact that if I be the son of God, that's the first thing he went after. He's like, I know I got to get you off that. And uh, wow. I went from not playing to playing four to five more years and 
God has been the sprock or that little circle that holds all those folks together in my life ever since. Retired from football, business, marriage. Uh, it has been the great equalizer and the equilibrium and the balance in the gyroscope of my existence. That's awesome. Love hearing that story. I'd love to hear you talk about the transition from NFL to business because so often you see, you know, athletes, they only have so much time, right? Father time catches up to, to every athlete, but so often you see the transition from pro athletes doesn't go so well. So I'm curious, what was that like for you? Did you <laughs> jump straight into business? Was it easy? You're making millions of dollars in business right away? No. Uh, and, and to be truthful, it wasn't well for me either. Um, I kind of struggled in that as well until I changed or I flipped the paradigm. You see a lot of organizations that's, that is affiliated with the NFL and including the NFL, you know, they encourage you once you retire, then, you know, now you have to learn how to be a businessman. Right. And you have to, you know, this is, this is how you network and this is this, and this is how you, I'm like, wow. Yeah. But then one day I realized that, well, wait a second. Now I play professional football. I am one of the top most fine two machines in the world. What are you thinking? I don't have to learn from you as much as you, as much as you have to learn from me, you know, wait, hold on for, let's uh, flip this around for a second. And I begin to merge uh, things that I've learned playing football, the mindset, the, you know, the, the, the methodology from playing professional sports into corporate America. And that's how I was able to survive and thrive was that I never left the field right, right now. This is an audio, but if you know, but, but, but if you're looking at me right now, I have on a suit, suit jacket, sports coat. Why? It's my uniform. You know, I keep my hair cut a certain way. Why? It's my uniform. I'm prepared. I show up every single day. Why? It's my uniform. I am prepared. This is business, but this is really my uniform. So I, I never left the field. It's that competitive. In the NFL and in business, I'm sure you've been around a lot of great leaders, what does great leadership look like to you? Wow. Great leadership looks like to me is serving the people around you. You know, can you make them better? Do they perform better around you? Do they rise to the occasion? That's, that's one of the knocks and I'm about to get in trouble here, but yes, yeah, little trouble's good. One of the knocks I have, you know, in the whole LeBron James and Michael Jordan comparison is that <laughs> Michael Jordan, his team, they played at a certain level. They played high. They played at a high level. You know, LeBron the, is just, in my opinion, you know, all these guys working together. Jordan's team, they worked as one. And, and, and that, to me, is what good leadership is, taking people to the next level around you, whether it's listening to action, watching to action, seeing to action, to be able to see what's not there, to anticipate change. But the bottom goal is how can I equip you, bless you, promote you, and make you the best person you can be within the confines of your job, within the confines of your family, within the confines of your life. Wow, that was that's a writer downer right there. <laughs> Great analogy. So you have a book, The Winning Edge, Eight Principles That Will Bring Out the Winner in You. I'd love if you could share just briefly those eight principles and maybe a little bit about each of them. Yeah. So uh, 
I don't have, you know, all of my notes in front of me, but I would just just uh, uh, because I don't want to actually misspeak. But what I'll do is talk about it in general is that I believe God started giving me some cheat codes and the cheat codes codes centered around spiritual laws. And so just for the record, I break rules, but I never break laws. Spiritual laws are so powerful. Spiritual laws are so powerful. God rested on the Sabbath. Think about that. Okay. Spiritual laws are powerful. And so I've learned to, to work the spiritual laws in my favor. We, you know, most people of faith know about, you know, one law, you know, give and it shall be given unto you or, you know, sowing and blood. That's just one. There are other laws being faithful over little. That's a law, the, the law of capacity. Like why would God tell, you know, Abram and Abraham to get from his country? It's a law of capacity. I need to, I need to build capacity, you know, the law of the name, you know, there's so much power in your name. And it's just all of these laws that I've just compiled and has enabled me to survive and to actually thrive. And to the point where, you know, people see me at, at, with certain levels of wins in my life. And, you know, they're like, man, congratulations. But in the back of their mind, like I have discernment in the back of their mind, they're like, how's he doing this? And so the book talks about just, you know, these are laws, things that you read every single day in the Bible or you, but they're really laws. And if you abide by these laws, you know, they will be a blessing to your life, plain and simple. I mean, I'm not, you know, trying to get into the whole, well, you know, the law of sin and death and the law is, and I'm not talking about that. It's just, it's just concepts, you know, uh, methodologies that were well, not me, methodologies, just concepts that I've seen that has worked for me over the years. And here you go, try them. If you don't like them, then don't just, you know, but if you do, God bless you. Let's win. Good points. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because there, there are a lot of spiritual laws and if you break them, you're going to, there's going to be consequences. And if you yes. fall on, there's going to be, there's going to be blessings. You know, if you could go back in time to when you're 20 years old, what three pieces of advice would you give yourself? Wow. Um, number one, it's okay to walk along and to be alone. Number two, you know, really dig in and to pursue God. And that is one of the things, wow, that we really don't teach about. We teach about reading the Bible. We teach about praying. We teach about having fellowship. But we don't teach about pursuing God, going after God, allowing that to be the apex. And then that would put everything else into balance. Seek ye first the kingdom, allowing the pursuit of God to to bring balance to every aspect of your life. You know, God is like a magnet and you're like metal. The more you get closer, the more you pursue, you become magnetized. And that pursuit and that thirst is what's not, I believe, is what's missing. And I, you know, I wish I could go back and tell him that. And then. And then the last thing is like 19, 20, 21 say, like, you know what? It's, you know, it's around, it's around the nineties, you know, dude, buy, buy that stock called Yahoo, buy that stock called Google, buy some Microsoft, bro. Like this, that was introduced to me like, man, I, and what is a goop? What the heck is a Yahoo? Like, are you 
kidding me? I'm not buying those stupid stocks like that, Oracle. <laughs> I wish I could go back. Yeah. Great tips. I love the last one. You know, could you expand a little bit on the second one that you're talking about digging in and pursuing God? Like what if somebody is like, you know what, Sean, that's, that's me. I feel like I need to pursue God better. Like what are some practical tips that you would give to them? So, so let's take a look at your, like a person's regiment. Well, you know, I'm going to pray five minutes a day. Yeah. Why don't you pray six minutes? No. Why don't you, after a week, take it to seven? You know, well, you know, I'm going to uh, uh, set some time along the, yeah, well, why don't you fast? I mean, that's in the Bible. You know, why don't you fast a little longer? Why don't you make it a priority? Make Christ a priority in your pursuit. Okay. So you're at the gym and you're trying to lose this and weight, or, you know, you want to be the best that you can be at your job. Why don't you make Christ a priority? So whatever you're doing now, why don't you increase it? Why don't you thirst after that? Be addicted to Christ and, and, and run after him, run after him, be radical, like radical. And let's just see what happens. Let's try being radical for like a week, just seven days. And let's see what happens because, and I'll say this, the stuff that's going on in this world today, if you think that you could have your relationship, um, I'll say it like this. You need to increase your walk to be relevant uh, in a lot of situations and circumstances to survive. I'll use the word survive uh, today. Or how about the word thrive? Now I keep doing that because I keep, I I just keep hearing God saying, no, 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 change that word, change that word. Right. So I'll say it for myself. I have increased my pursuit and it has helped me immensely in today's climate. I've gone through the death of my mother. I've gone through the death of my sister. I've gone through uh, possibly dealing with COVID. I've gone through all of that with a company this entire time in this last year. Instead of decreasing business, I have increased business and I am thriving largely because of my relationship and my pursuit of God. Great way to answer that. Yeah, I mean... You have that rock in your life. So no matter what happens, you, you always have that. That's awesome. So you're obviously very successful in business and, you know, you're in the NFL. What would you say are some of your best habits or routines that help you be successful, whether it's morning routine or, you know, things you do with your schedule or calendar or anything up early, up early. Um, my work day starts on Sunday. It doesn't start on Monday. Everyone else can start on Monday, but if you do everything, if you do what everyone else does, then you'll be like everyone else. And so my workday starts on 
Sunday. And it gives me a huge advantage because, you know, I can get my clothes out for the week. I can, you know, get my calendar, you know, set stuff, start planning, you know, maybe, you know, meet with people, uh, certain people of my team. They love meeting with me on Sundays because then I can go into uh, and order a pizza. I'll bring it to the office, you know, we're just relaxing and talking and we're strategizing. We're doing the schedule. I mean, it's huge. You know, it's like take advantage of that. Take advantage of that. So my workday starts on Sunday. Uh, I get up early so I can pray. I can meditate. Uh, it really helps me out to have to get clarity uh, for the day. I've cut back on the social media uh, because I don't need life. I don't need for life to tell me what's going on and what to do. My job is to dictate to life. I am, I am, I am the thermostat, not the thermometer. Yeah. I don't react to life. I respond to life. I tell life what's going on. That's my original mandate. Great stuff. I'm writing all this down. You got so much wisdom and so much awesome stuff you're saying. Last question for you, Sean, what is your definition of an extraordinary man? Radical obedience. Radical, radical obedience is a, or is an extraordinary man being obedient radically, just doing whatever the father in heaven says, staying in position as a man, as a husband, as a father, three different areas, as a man, as a husband, as a father, manning that post, you are a hero. That is so huge. There's so many things. And you can always tell where the prize is because that's where the battle is. There's so much trying to take you out of position, but a man that stays in position and the way to stay in position men is to walk and live a life of submission. I know it seems kind of like, wait a second, you want to be the man, the strong person of this and that, but that on your knees, praying and submitted to God and having a mentor or a coach in your life that you submit to. Think about this for a second. You men of faith out there, imagine where Peter would be had he not listened to Paul when Paul tried to correct him. Oh, imagine where King David would be and if he didn't have Nathan to correct him and you go, the list goes on and on and on about correction in the Bible. But you know what? A lot of men don't make it because they don't have that correction. They don't have that man an, another man or a coach watching their six, watching their back. One of the best offensive tackles ever. His name was Jackie Slater. And he would have, when we would be in practice, he played 20 years. And he would do a sets where he's setting for the defensive ends. Now, for those of you that know what I'm saying, great. If the other ones, I'm sorry. So he would, he, would, he would do his sets, but he can't look behind him. And he needs to set in a perfect line straight back to, you know, hit the defensive end. So after every set, he would turn to me and Daryl Ashmore, rookies, and say, how's my set? And every once in a while, I would say, well, Jackie, you set too far in to the left or too far out to the right. Who is that person in your life that's watching your sets? Who is that person in your life that can say a phrase to you, like any kind of phrase? Then you, you know, you're amongst a hundred people, and that person says that one phrase to let you know you're out of order. Pull up. Who's that person that God can say, call him to order? If you don't have that person, you're in trouble. Such a good answer. And I 100% agree. I see all the time, you know, men, they end up destroying their lives, their businesses when they don't have that 
And when you do have that, I mean, that's how you can take everything to the next level. So yes, love, love that. You know, this has been incredible, Sean. I so appreciate you taking the time to come on. Where can people go to find out more about you and connect with you? You can go to my website, seanharper.org. Just type in any search engine, type in Sean Harper. Also, if you go to seanharper.org, and, and I'm going to take this down soon, but uh, if you, there's an area where you can get my free ebook about the, the winning edge that, that we talked about. Go over there, get that copy of that ebook, read that book. Okay. It is a huge blessing. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. I will definitely make sure that that website is in the show notes down below and go check out the free ebook. Sean, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. All right. Thank you. Be blessed. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for joining me on another episode of the Extraordinary Man podcast. Do you want a free one-on-one business accelerator coaching call with me personally? Go to aoemen.simplecast.com and click on the free coaching tab at the top. I've specifically set aside five spots for listeners of this episode, and they're available on a first-come, first-served basis. Again, to take advantage of this exclusive and limited time offer, go to aoemen.simplecast.com now. Until next time, remember to go out there and become the man you were created to be. I'll see you on the next episode.